Welcome to Hand Therapy Heroes, the premier podcast on hand and upper extremity rehabilitation. As a worldwide educator and developer of best-in-class hand therapy content, Susan Weiss, occupational therapist and certified hand therapist, brings you an array of hand therapy specialists, hand care solutions, and more. Welcome to Hand Therapy Heroes. I'm excited to chat with Jamie McMillan today about her position with Healy and Weber. Jamie's been with Healy and Weber since 2015. Prior to that, Jamie worked as a hand therapist since 2000 when she landed her hand therapy position immediately after graduation. Jamie has a patent on her MTC fracture brace and has authored many articles and chapters on orthotics. So Jamie, can you tell us how you got into hand and upper extremity therapy? So I ended up landing in hand and upper extremity therapy kind of, um, I don't know if it was by luck or process of elimination, but when I was in OT school, you know, we go through our rotations and, and my program was set up um, lifespan. So pediatric adult and then um, geriatric. And as I went through my field work experiences, I kind of started to panic thinking, I, I don't know if this is for me. I don't know if I can do it. Um, it was just not exactly jiving with what I, I expected. And so there was a small bit of, of concern, like, did I go down the right path even? And then I had the opportunity to observe in a hand clinic and it all, it just felt like everything came together. Um, my need for more of a biological end of things, um, coupled with the ability to be really creative and all the things that we were learning in OT school was really just kind of the perfect mix and match for me. So I feel fortunate that I was able to sort of finagle my final internship into being a hand in a hand clinic. And I absolutely loved every minute of it, every day of it. Um, it was a private practice, a private occupational therapist phone practice, which was a little bit unusual and very busy and self much of, um, you know, trauma, conservative care, all of the above, great referral source, all for upper extremity and fell in love. And at the end of my three months, the owner of the clinic offered me a job and I jumped on it and never looked back. So, well, it was awesome for me. Uh, it, you know, it also limited me in my my experience or my viewpoint of all of the other aspects of OT as well, but it was a great fit for me. Awesome. So you were in a hand clinic right away and you stayed in hands. And then at some point you transitioned to working with Helium Weber. Can you explain how you transitioned or how you even got interested in that? It's, it's a unique area that not a lot of therapists get the opportunity to dive into. Yeah, so my very first year in practice, which would have been 2001, I had a sales rep make a cold call on my clinic, and I happened to have time to chat with him, and that salesman happened to be Jim Weber of Healing Weber, and so I remember it still pretty vividly. He was showing me a variety of his soft, good products, and I had the time, so I took the time to really look at those and discuss them, and um, and offered up a lot of thoughts and opinions on 
you know, what he had, but what also he could do to improve it at the time, at least for me, um, soft goods and off the shelf options weren't awesome. I would have much rather have custom fabricated what I was using with maybe the exception of an occasional neoprene here or there. And so we just, we really talked in depth about, you know, I didn't just say, no, I don't like this stuff. See you later. You know, I really took time to kind of explain that to him and he was super appreciative of it. Fast forward, um, I don't know, five, six years, I ran into him again at the American Society of Surgery of the Hand Conference. It was in Seattle that year and uh, never would have expected him to remember who I was. But I thought, well, I'm just going to stop by and, and say hi. And when I did, he immediately remembered who I was and uh, recalled our our day that day in Spokane and the conversation that we had and uh, it was just, it was really great to kind of circle back and catch up with him. And as I was leaving the booth, he said, Hey, do you ever have any ideas for a product? I would love to collaborate with you. I'd love to work with you and um, took his card. And I thought that that was kind of fun and, and interesting and uh, got back to my clinic the following week and shot him an email and said, Hey, what about this? And so just initiated my relationship with him really from there and that grew from my initial idea, which is the squeeze ulnar compression wrap that we that we did develop together. But also during that time, just a lot of collaboration and kind of consulting. They reach out to me a lot um, to ask clinical questions or even things about their marketing or, you know, just different things that were going on inside their company at the time. Well, I was completely engrossed in clinical care and, and, and my practice. Um, and just slowly built a relationship with them. Over time, um, he he started asking more like, hey, do you wanna come to work for us? Hey, we could use someone like you, that kind of thing. And I was really resistant for, for years, really. Um, not that I wasn't interested, but I loved what I did. I loved hand therapy. I worked with amazing hand surgeons. I um, got to take care of some really, really cool, and, patients and injuries and surgeries and and I was just really fulfilled in what I in what I was doing so it wasn't something I was interested in at the time but like everything things change um everything evolves mm -hmm. and I it, it got to a point where um the offer was still there and it made sense to um maybe give it a shot so we did that so you started working with them in about 2015? Yep. So I officially came on board with Healing Weber in 2015. Uh, it was it was sort of a leap. I always felt like, you know, having my occupational therapy degree and my CHT, nobody could ever take that away from me as long as I maintained it. And so I thought, why not? Like, I can always go back to the clinic. I can always, you know, I always have a place to land if this isn't for me but it just seemed like the right time to try something new and to take, to take my experience as a hand therapist into industry. And so that's why, how I really looked at it when I made the leap was being a conduit between the clinic and the manufacturer. Um, because I just felt like there was sort of a, a miss, like what the therapists or the clinician's goals are aren't always in alignment with what manufacturing or industry is trying to come out with. And I just saw opportunity there where um, there could just be a really big linkage could happen if, if there was better 
um, perspective and communication on both sides of that so that the industry really could meet the needs of the clinician better. So are you the only occupational therapist they had on the team? Yep, I'm the only OT on our team. Um, yeah. So what are your responsibilities with the position? Are you product development? Do you do sales calls? What, what is your actual role? Um, a little bit of everything. It's a, it's a great question. And sometimes I'm not sure I even know what the answer is, but uh, that's what also keeps it super fun and very interesting. Keeps me challenged because no two days are the same. Um, when I started the, the job, there was no job description. I wasn't filling a, a vacancy. Um, I was just starting, starting something new. Neither, neither of us knew how it might look or what, you know, how, how it might end up working out. So that was also fun to be able to be part of developing the role. And so now five years later, um, when somebody says, well, what do you do? What are your responsibilities? The first thing I, I say is product development. And that's probably because that's my real passion within the, within the role. Um, I love the opportunity to either look at a product and identify how we can make it better and more functional, or I love hearing from a therapist or a physician of a need and being able to help um, craft the solution for that. So product development is really where my heart lives. Um, with that, that is a, a huge umbrella that goes from, hey, I have an idea, to getting NDAs in place, to prototyping, to choosing raw materials and working with engineering and then creating test units and um, you know, monitoring and following up on the test, testing of the products, and then eventually taking that to launch, including marketing of the, of the product and developing marketing materials, and then training the sales force on it, showing up at, you know, the big conferences and saying, hey, here it is, and this is what it does, and have a lot of conversation with practitioners, and then, and then maintaining it in the line down the road. So product development is a huge um, process and there's so many things involved and that's kind of the thing when people say what do you do I, I go to first but then there's really so much more than that too um, we so product line maintenance so there's a lot of products that are in my line that have been there for eons and you look at them and they're outdated for one reason or another whether it's materials or protocols or you know different things and so taking a look at those products and and making decisions on is it is this a product that needs to die or is this a product that we need to invest energy into and update and bring it up to current standards? Um, as well as working with the sales force, I spend a lot of my time traveling, um, working with our sales reps across the country, coast to coast, um, really focusing on um, key customers where the sales reps can you know, get these appointments set up in services, and then I can come in and I can really detail these products and talk, um, you know, the clinical talk of as far as anatomy and physiology and protocols and diagnoses and how these fit in and how they can be uh, tools in the clinic uh, for for the therapist and for the docs. So it's, it's, it's a wide variety of things, um, but I don't feel like I could be efficient in any of them without my background in the clinic for 15 years of working, you know, side by side with the surgeons and taking care of so many patients. I, I don't think that I could have just otherwise trained and gone into doing what I do. What products did you specifically help develop? I'm curious. 
So before I came on board and was an employee and was functioning more as a consultant, I developed the Squeeze Ulnar Compression Wrap, which is a small, um, soft good for ulnar-sided wrist pain. And about two years after that, I developed the MTC Fracture Brace, which is an alternative to a sugar tongue or Munster cast. And then um, it was shortly after that that I, I came to work for them. And so everything that has been launched or released since I've been on board, I've for sure had my hand in developing. Um, but now that they own my intellectual property, my name doesn't necessarily go on, on each and every product that we roll out. But um, in the years that I've been there, we've done uh, CMC braces, Dequervanes, um, Dupuytren solutions. So uh, a number of diagnosis specific products to, um, you know, help out, help out practitioners. So do practitioners come to you with ideas that they specifically want to launch that you help them create as well? Yes. Um, Healy Weber is kind of known for um, physician inspired is one of our kind of mottos and it's not limited to physicians. We work with other providers as well, but many, many of our products, um, the impetus was somebody in a clinic somewhere saying, Hey, we need this, or I have this idea because, or if I had this, I could, you know, so many, 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 the majority of our products are, are inspired by clinicians who bring us ideas. So a therapist listening right now has a great idea. They, they could email you, reach out to you with their idea and potentially have a product created. Absolutely. We're always open for ideas, but then I do have to have the caveat, you know, it has to pass all of the um, gate checks for what makes a product, which was a sharp learning curve for me as I started this, because, you know, I think as, as OTs, we love ideas and the creativity and, and we're a make it happen kind of group and uh, balancing the business side of that has been tricky for me to, you know, grasp the whole picture. Whereas I have a far better understanding of that now, but there's so much involved in, you know, it might be a really great idea, but if your market size is super, super small, then it's hard to make sense of it being a real product because it's such a specialty item. And Or if the raw materials, the cost of the raw materials are so exorbitant that you can't make margins on it. And there's just a whole bunch of things that play into. So when I get an idea, um, it, it's a whole process of weighing and balancing. Does it make sense to make it an actual project and eventual product, um, but not to stifle any ideas because that's where the greatest thing come from or just somebody has an idea. Do you think other companies like yours have therapists in similar roles or is there an opportunity for people to create positions with other companies? Just trying to think of ideas for practitioners that are looking to get into something of this nature. What are your thoughts regarding that people opening up new market exposure for themselves. Yeah, I think, you know, I've made friends in industry who have taken similar paths. There aren't a ton of us. A couple come to mind. Of course, many people know Debbie Schwartz um, with Orfit, um, very similar, obviously different product line, but uses her clinical expertise to, to do so much for that company. Um, Perry Merver is a occupational therapist who's a principal at uh, Statadyne. Um, so there, there are those opportunities. They aren't, you know, 
obviously they're a little more unusual and aren't as, as common, but I think they're out there. And even if the position doesn't exist, that you don't necessarily see uh, a listing for an OT specifically, or necessarily even a clinician, if if you just start thinking about industry and the industries that we use in clinics, and um, and and model those things yourself, you know, in your own mind, think of how you could be an asset to the company and what you could bring to them based on your experience and your knowledge. I think companies are more and more open to it all of the time, just because there's so many intangibles that we have from our time in the clinic and the things that we've learned through those experiences um, that you can really sell yourself into some of those positions. Many, many um, companies in industry have clinical specialists. And so whether that, you know, you're listening and you're a hand therapist and so your clinical specialty is, is truly upper extremity or you're a pediatric occupational therapist, mm -hmm. there's still, you know, companies that you work with that you have expertise with that you could have a lot to offer um, industries all across the board with your clinical background. That's a great way of looking at it and how you can fit in a less traditional role as a practitioner in your niche. I think that's great and opens up some of our minds to other opportunities that we can create so that we can, you know, look at other positions. And especially now, some therapists have been furloughed or their position, their hours are cut dramatically. So it might be a good time for them to be thinking about other areas where they could expand their skill set. Yeah, and I and I think it's also a, a benefit to um, the profession. I've had a number of of OTs and hand therapists like thank me and say thank you for for doing this because um, you know they either note that I was a resource for billing questions or will note like this product is so much better than what we would have seen five years ago and it's obvious that somebody with some experience and knowledge. Um, had input into this to make it as functional um, as it is. And so I think that there's a whole lot of value um, taking what you know and and then bleeding it into other areas where you're still really helping um, the profession where where our roots are, where we all started. I, I will never not be a clinician in what I'm doing. Um, no matter what we're doing in the company, um, might drive some of my colleagues crazy because they come straight from industry, but I can't help but think of it from a clinical standpoint first. And, um, but I think that there's great value to that. And Jamie does have an amazing L code course, speaking of billing. So you'll have to check that out on live conferences. We'll make sure people get a link to that course because that's a fantastic course that she created for live conferences and exploring hand therapy. So we're fortunate to have her as an educator in our group. So I did just want to ask you a couple last questions with respect to your time, of course. <laughs> How are you doing with the your job responsibilities right now? What's changed because of the climate with the COVID-19? I know you do a lot of traveling and one-on-one -on -one stuff. So what is your role right now and how has it been modified? Um, it has changed dramatically. So, you know, I'm sure everybody is feeling the effects of COVID one way or the other, um, just depending on your, your location, your situation, all of those sort of things. But for us, you know, Healing Weber is a manufacturer of orthopedic soft goods. And so those are used by therapists and physicians. And since 
for the most part, elective surgeries, non-emergent orthopedic care, all those things have come to a real drip, if not a screeching halt. And so if those aren't happening, the products aren't being dispensed, which means the clinicians aren't ordering, which means have sales, which it's just this huge trickle down effect. None of our reps are making calls. They are all just going crazy at home, just Mm -hmm. elevating to get back to work. And so, um, so yeah, it's dramatically changed our whole company. As far as myself, I travel nearly 50% of the time. Obviously that was a flip of a switch done over gone that went away. And so it has been a a bit of a, a pivot of how I can still be effective and, offer value to customers and our reps and my company at this point as I'm um, isolated here in my office at home. So uh, I've done a lot of one-on-one video conferencing with my reps. It's been actually really, really fun to take time that they normally don't take time for or make time for to really dive into certain products and and help them understand different diagnoses and different indications and different call points um, so that when this opens up, they can be better at what they do and that they can take products the right products into the right practitioners for the right solutions. Like sometimes I think that kind of gets mixed up and, and it loses its value if you aren't, you know, offering the right things to the right people. So we've been doing a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, a lot of just cleanup in, in the company that again, that we don't have time for often. I've gone through all sorts of files and, you know, cleaned up and organized. And it's also given me the opportunity to dive a little deeper into my product reports and um, specific products on on their margins and what our profits are and to look at some of them and say, wow, you know, the profits on this are just not where we really want or need them to be. What could I do to do to change that? And so, you know, I'll, I'll go down into the raw materials and see if there's other raw materials we could use to adjust how we manufacture or what changes we could make to make, you know, that particular product have a better profit margin. And so just things like that, that uh, we oftentimes don't necessarily in the, the daily grind of trying to keep your head above water and travel and all those things that it's provided the opportunity to do. Um, so yeah, major changes, but uh, a lot of catching up and then preparation for when things open up is is what we've been doing. I think the education aspect alone is brilliant because having those sales force having a better skill set because of what you're able to teach them is going to make the sales that much easier is really the bottom line because if you're understanding what the product is and how to utilize it and who it's used for. That's, that's huge because just looking at a catalog, how many times have you flipped through a catalog and it doesn't really mean much, Uh, you know, especially looking at a splitting catalog, a lot of it looks like the same stuff, unless you really understood what a, you know, a squeeze model is doing. It just looks like a wrist, a wristlet. You don't know what the technique is and how it's used and who it's used for, unless somebody tells you as the practitioner, you know, we wouldn't know unless the sales team is giving us the information. So I think you're in a great position to be able to improve sales overall when you can get back into the field because of that. Yeah, definitely. It's one of my little pet peeves, again, coming from a clinician standpoint is when a rep 
um, just goes to make a sale instead of offering a solution. And I think that if you really understand your products and you really understand your customer, then you can offer them a lot of things and you're not just selling them something, you're really providing them solutions. And that's kind of one of the things that I just preach is like bring the things that they need. Don't just go try and sell something, but they don't know what people need if they don't fully understand the product, fully understand their customer. And so um, that's something that I'm constantly trying to just help bolster their understanding on both sides of that equation to make them more effective and, uh, and really a resource for the therapists and the doctors. I think that sets your, you and your company apart that you have the ability to give the reps that information. I don't think every company has that opportunity or the ability to do that. So that's a wonderful service that you're able to provide. And thank you so much for sharing your time with us and your, your skills. And we're super excited to learn more about what you do and the unique profession that you've gotten yourself into by, you know, by chance. And I think that by sharing this information, more therapists can carve into either this niche or something similar. So thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. And if anybody wants to contact Jamie, just drop us an email to info at handtherapy.com and we will send you the info sheet that has her contact info and uh, the L code info and a few other goodies that will get put together for you. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you everyone for tuning in to Hand Therapy Heroes. We hope this episode has provided you a glimpse into a unique area of practice and perhaps has given you some ideas to build on. For the info sheet, please email info at handtherapy.com and put Jamie in the subject line or the body. And please remember, give us a five-star review on whatever platform you listen on. And we now have 75 countries tuning in and we just reached 32,000 downloads. Thank you for listening to Hand Therapy Heroes. Please subscribe and leave a five-star review. Visit handtherapy.com and register for our newsletter containing free content and courses about our fascinating hands. Hold hands today for a more functional tomorrow.